0: Uh, you know, somebody is close to us. We can also have romantic love, but the writer here is talking about the God kind of love, the agape love of God, the love of God that is deposited in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, that is listed in Galatians three as one of, the, or is it five? Is one of the fruits five? One of the fruit of the Spirit. And so that being a fruit of God's spirit and now a fruit of your spirit, every time you yield to the fruit of love, you should demonstrate some behaviors. And so these behaviors are listed here. He tells you what love is so that you'll know when you're operating in the love of God. You'll know when you're out of the love of God. You know how to get back in the love of God through repentance and cleansing your heart before God. And then that, the the thing about God's fruit is interesting. It's already in there. The more you yield to it, the more it grows and is evident in your life. The more you operate and trust moving in the love of God or any of the other fruit of the Spirit the more that will grow in you and it will become uh, common for you or your first thought to yield to that fruit rather than yielding to the fruit of the flesh or some kind of emotion. And then you got to go back and wreck something and then check yourself. You, you understand what I'm saying? we all little train wrecks looking for a place to happen from time to time. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes the love of God constrains us. So that we're not put in situations where we're tested beyond where we can handle it. Some of us lost friends. They were dear friends and we got mad at them because they left us when we got saved. But God got rid of them for you. Because he loves you. And he wants to make it easy for you to serve him and to follow him and not have all your old uh, buddies, your drinking buddies and your snorting buddies and your smoking buddies Tagging along behind you make it difficult for you to follow the Lord. It makes it real easy for you to follow him. So the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of love though, is a very unique fruit of God's spirit. If you look at the other fruit of the spirit, they all have an element of love in them. And so the writer here begins to define love And he talks about what the true love of God really is and what it entails. His love is patient and it's kind. Then he tells us the things that love is not. And this is important too. In verse 5 it starts. It says, love does not behave itself unseemly. In other words, love is not out of order. If you say you're moving in the love of God and you're out of order, that's wrong. So you have to correct yourself. Oh, I thought I, I thought I was loving people. I thought I was doing No, you've got to understand what God's love is. So you recognize it when it begins to well up in your heart and you yield to it. It will demonstrate itself in a certain way and it will produce a certain righteous fruit in your life. You want that. You want the new life. You don't want the old life anymore. He says, "Love suffers long, and it's kind. It doesn't envy." Woo-wee! Ouch! Huh? I had a neighbor. She's a Pentecostal woman, and, and if you, she, we, we lived in apartment condos, and so she was living downstairs. And she would come up sometime and talk to me. Let me see what you got new in here, girl. Ooh, I'm godly jealous of that. Uh, there is no such thing. <laughs> you don't get godly jealous of your neighbor, but you know, the religious people sometimes they know how to fix everything up. Who I'm godly jealous of that? But love is not. It's not envious. Amen. You know, for for you know, young young people who are dating. If you are dating a, a somebody who loves you. They don't, When you know, when they come over to your house, they don't check the temperature of the hood of your car to see if you've been anywhere. Them brothers are stalkers, okay? So what you do is you lose him as soon as possible. You get on your knees and you start praying and say, God, I jumped the gun, all right? This ain't the one. And hope God can help you out and keep it moving, you know you got to be sincere about these yeah, things. Yeah. but Thank you. Thank you. Who's yeah. that? Ms. Donna, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. <sighs> like pulling teeth here this morning. It's all right. I'm up to the job. Yeah. in the Lord. All right. It doesn't envy. It doesn't vaunt itself. In other words, it doesn't want to have its way all the time. You know. Want to be seen? Want to be heard? Want to have all the attention in the world? Yes. That's not love. Yes. Love of God does not move people yes. to do those things. You move in the love of God. Jesus is center stage in your life. Wow! Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. 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 It's not puffed up. You see all these people that? Well, you know, I've been working on my album, my CD. I'm gonna blow up pretty soon. Yeah, you will. Amen. Amen. We'll blow up. Yes but everybody's you know the world is so full of pride everybody's looking to be important looking to be big looking to blow up and looking to do all this stuff and none of it's coming from the love of god you see it with preachers everybody you find a preacher that's got a 2,000 seat sanctuary and all of a sudden all the ministers want to run to a minister's conference that they give trying to figure out how they did it because everybody's trying to blow up you know and then the sheep are usually a sacrifice. You know, anyway, you'll figure it out Tuesday. I'm going to keep moving. Does not behave itself unseemly. Mm. Not trying to grab all the attention, be everything. Doesn't seek her own. Is not easily provoked. Ooh. Mm. Mm. Ooh, I got one more nerve left and if somebody get on that today I'm going to go off just dial 911 right now uh, push in when I get there because I'm about to see that's not the love of God there's somebody trying to scare somebody because they don't know who they are huh? Oh, just get child protective services on the line. I don't know what I might do. It's not easily provoked. Doesn't walk around with a chip on his shoulder. Doesn't cause everybody in the house to to walk on eggshells because they come in, because they're around. That's not love. Amen. It's not love. It's not easily provoked. doesn't think evil. Ooh, ouch. Mm. Mm. I only think happy thoughts. Right. Make sure they're clean, happy thoughts, not evil, happy thoughts.
1: Mm.
0: You know, what makes you happy is really relative, folks. I mean, some people get happy when other people are blessed, and some people get mad when you get blessed. So, you know, this is just so we can check ourselves, you know, check our love thing. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Interesting. Uh, So all these people you see on Facebook talking about, all you haters, wait till God blessed me. I'm going to show y'all. That ain't love. But it's so common. They're all waiting to show they haters. How much their faith is going to get them. And it never shows up. Right. You Amen. can get, go on their little post a year from now and they're still talking to the same haters. Tell them, just wait till God bless me. He's blessing you with that. That ain't right. <laughs> Love bears all things. Oh, Lord have mercy. Lord if that man come in here one more time looking funny at me I'm just you just gonna bear it is what the Bible says let that brother he funny looking anyway and so are you y'all just two funny looking people believes all things what does that mean it means when you read the Bible and what it says that your husband loves you like Christ loves the church, and you see him swinging from the chandeliers, you say, mmm, God, I believe you. Yes. Amen. Huh? Yes. Just feed him another banana. That's what you're doing.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> huh? You believe that he's a loving, godly man, a worshiper of God. Same thing with men for wives. Amen. You believe all things. You believe everything that the Bible says. Even for your children who are acting out of order right now. You believe that they're the seed of the righteous. Amen. They're going to serve God all their days of their lives and great shall be their peace. It hopes all things, endures all things. It never fails. And so when it says here in 13 verse 11, he said, now when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man or an adult, I put away childish things. Amen. So this is your childish thing. This is my childish thing, my little doll. And i go to my little doll for comfort and i go to my little doll for everything I need. But there comes a time one day when mommy says, put them toys away because you're too big for that now. Yeah, that yeah, means yeah. that you have to put it away yourself. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. It cannot be taken away from you because if you let somebody take it away, what do kids do? I know many of you parents, have, you got sick of looking at your kid, <laughs> paying with that same thing. You took it and stuck it somewhere. Yeah. You were scared to really put it in the incinerator where it should have gone. You didn't want, you didn't want to be mean. So you hid it somewhere and then pretty soon it showed back up again. Why? Because we have an emotional attachment to things that we grow accustomed to and that are part of our life. That's why we need the help of the Holy Spirit. If you're going to walk in maturity in God, you need the help of the Holy Spirit. And you need to determine to walk in love and to walk in a maturity. A mature Christian is a Christian who walks in love. I can remember when I would show up in church or a Bible study, the first thing was on my mind. is I need prayer for this. And it was always me, 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 me. me. Instead of sitting there and listening to the sermon first, one day I got smart. And I thought to myself, you know what? At the end of that sermon, everything that I needed to hear was talked about in that thing. I didn't need all the attention in the world to get prayer and to get somebody to listen to me how tough my week was. Now I found out the preacher's week was tougher than mine. Huh? You can laugh somebody. I don't know what's wrong with y'all today. But you know what? I'm going to go and I'm going to go sit in my car and talk to myself. Huh? Put away your childish things. Amen. You put them away. Because if you don't deal with them and let them go and put them away, they will never get dealt with. God's not going to take them away from you. What is she talking about? I don't know why she told my child these things. We'll get to that. <laughs> you know that's coming, don't you? <laughs> I said I was going to get little Howard to find me some sound effects. Can you find me a sound effect of a bowling ball going down there? <coughs> the hard ball, yes. <laughs> So, what does it mean to be a child? Your, your Strong's concordant defines it as an infant, so it can be a physical child. It also means to be simple-minded or immature person. It also means unlearned. Somebody who doesn't have knowledge. And in our situation, somebody who doesn't have knowledge of the things of, of God. So, it's somebody who hasn't learned yet what's expected. Doesn't understand yet what's expected. But God still commands us if we're going to walk in maturity and walk in love we must put away childish things because he wants us to mature in Christ. That's the whole purpose of the gospel. Is our maturity, our learning, our understanding, our being able to reproduce after our own kind. To make disciples of all men. You can't make a disciple if you're a child yourself. Huh? There's a disaster on the way. If you try to, you know, this is a problem in our world now. We've got babies having babies. Now you've got to look to the grandparents to raise them for you. Because nobody knows what they're doing. So God wants us to mature as Christians. Put away childish things. Things that we liked before we knew better. Things that we held on to, attitudes and and mannerisms and uh, ways of behaving. All of those things that we we walked in when we were sinners, when we were mere mortals, when we walked according to the flesh. He wants us to get rid of those things. you got to put them away. God's not going to take them away from you. He's not going to strip you of them. You must put them away yourself. And so when you do that putting away on your own, then God begins to open up great things to you. He'll show you great and mighty things that you had no clue existed before, but you've got to stop nursing everything. You understand what I'm saying? You've got to stop grabbing for the pacifier every time you get nervous. You know what your pacifier is. I don't have to list them, list them for you. Some of us like to go shopping. Huh? Huh? I just was feeling out of sorts and I figured I'd treat myself. Huh? <laughs> Always want to treat ourselves and stuff. Until the bill pay comes. huh? Then you fall on your knees begging God one more time. For, well, God, you know, I know I did wrong. And if you just get me out of it this time, you're going to do the same thing you did this time. Amen. He knows it. Amen. But he helps us out usually anyway. But you don't get any farther than that. That's the whole point with God. You're either gonna stay a baby and keep begging for him to clean up after you. No, you can tell how people were raised by what they the mess they leave behind. Hmm? Some people are like you know that little cartoon boy in Charlie Brown, the one that has a dust around him all the time. Pigpen, that was his name. His parents didn't ever ta- teach him how to stay clean. Clean up after himself. Huh? You don't want to leave a trail of disaster behind you and call yourself a mature Christian. You're going to learn how to clean up your own mess sometimes. Put away your junk. You pull all this stuff out and you want to play with it. And then you leave it out there for everybody else to stumble over And God says he wants you to put your stuff away. Just put it away and don't get it anymore. Amen. Amen. Some people are not real toy-ish people. I was one of those kids. I I I don't even remember having a doll. I know somebody in the house had one. And every time I went to play with it, it got snatched from me. You know, you got four girls and dolls are looking rough already they raggedy so then the best look and pastor shirley always had the nice doll and she kept it nice we got a picture at the house with her with that nice little doll with the little blonde hair she kept her little doll nice all the time so i said well forget dolls i guess they ain't for me so i didn't have nothing to play with you understand what i'm saying and so some kids are more prone to like to play than others are there's some kids you can stick a book in front of, and they never want to let, look at another toy again. And so, but they will have other things that they have to put away in life that aren't good that they, they indulge themselves in. So, what are what are childish things? We have to put away those things. We talked about some of them already in verse five of Second uh, First Corinthians thirteen. We put away boasting, and then puffing ourselves up. Being touchy, huh? They didn't speak to me when I came in the church. I know they don't like me, huh? How you know that? What's wrong with you? You ain't likable. Come on now. See, these are childish things. But it's amazing how many of us hold on to attitudes like that, huh? Sometimes we don't speak them anymore, but our activities you know reveal how we feel you know sometimes we're reluctant to get involved in new things because we're afraid we're going to look stupid or we're uncomfortable some kind of way we have to learn something or humble ourselves or ask somebody to train us or teach us how to do certain things that's why it's good parents if you train your children when they're small and make sure they learn things you know go back and check on them And make sure they understand how not to blow themselves up turning the stove on. You understand what I'm saying? These things are important to know just as human beings. And make sure your children know that you are their teacher to help them learn the ways of life. You're not just a custodian or the part-time babysitter on top of the other babysitter. Even if you have your children with a sitter, you can still be their teacher as well as the parent. You understand what I'm saying? Just take, take it up. But you know when children don't clean up their surroundings, that's an indication of lack of training. See, that's a childish thing that they've got to learn how to... Put away and keep themselves in order. Keep your surroundings in order. Amen. Don't let uh, things go to pot. You know Amen. what I'm saying? Yeah, I look at sometimes and I look at people and the way they're they have they're so scattered and, and, and uh, confused in their surroundings. And I think, well, what must be going on in their brain? Amen. You know, if you can tolerate that kind of an atmosphere around you, what created that atmosphere? Is something in you created that mess that's around you. Same thing with relationships. You know, we create a mess out of relationships sometimes because we're too immature and too scattered on the inside. Some people want to make sure they got five phone numbers they can call in case they're lonely. You understand what I'm saying? People live like that. And don't tell me y'all don't know nothing about it because some of you probably doing it now. Why it got mentioned. So stop it. Put away childish things. You're gonna be mature in God, you gotta stop all that nonsense. Nobody wants you calling them at the last minute for nothing. They just being polite to you because you don't know any better. Hello. Did you get my bowling ball side of sound effect? Let me hear it. What does it sound like? I'm ready. I missed it. Okay, well, I'll try better next time. Thank you, little Howard. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! As we yield to God's love, we have to make room for things. There are changes that are required for us. And I'm not talking about there comes a day when God says to you, be a mature Christian. Today is the day. It's not like that. He starts maturity day one. Amen. He starts us walking in love. He expects us to walk in love initially day one. And we begin putting away selfish, childish things. You start correcting your behavior and understanding what God expects from you. He cannot impose love on top of selfishness. He can't impose love on top of touchiness. He can't impose love on anything. We have to walk away from the things that connect us to self all the time. huh? Wanting this for me. Wanting, wanting these things. And always want, 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 want. You have to put that away. When you put it away, then that opens the door for God. If you trust God, that means you love him. If you put these things away, that opens the door for him to bring real things into your life. He's trying to change our taste for life. He's changing our likes. He's changing our dislikes. He's changing our wants and our want-tos and what we can't stand and don't want to put up with. He changes all of that. So those are your childish things. The things that you say drive you up the wall and make you impatient. Everything that keeps you out of the love of God, God wants you to put away. It doesn't have to be People, it can be attitudes, it could be the way you spend your time, it can be the way you spend your money, types of friends you select, all of those things. He wants those things put away. So, and you put them away. Just, one day you wake up and you say, you know what, I'm going on with Jesus. That's the day you became a man or a woman, and you put away the childish things and you go on into maturity. Many times we'll go and grab back some things out of boredom. Be careful what you do when you're bored. A child of God is never bored. You always you have tons of company. You have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit keeping you company at all times. You're not bored. You just need to check in with your new friends and get to know them. Amen. <laughs> I know when uh, my husband got was promoted into a, a, another job, and and we went to you know they always have you come out to dinner. You know, management people don't trust each other. So they get you in a social setting to check you out, you know. So they, you know, you go to dinner, and so you don't know who's really, who who likes you, who doesn't. And so because I was saved for most of that time, I didn't drink anymore. And so, you know, you found out who people really were when they got like two or three drinks inside of them. You got me? And you found out that they were all insecure. They were all nervous. And here you walked in nervous because you were the new kid on the block. And you find out they're more nervous and more insecure than you are. You understand me? And so the childishness will come out of us at different times when we are stressed about things. See, we'll be able to walk with God and walk in love until some pressure hits us. And then all of a sudden we we can either endure and let God help us through it. And know a mature Christian allows God to help you through the difficulties and hold on to love. Don't get out of joint. Don't start complaining. Don't decide you want to go back to the world all of a sudden. Don't decide it's not worth it to be a Christian. I'm going to stop giving. I'm going to stop going to church. I'm going to stop. Then people don't do nothing but take advantage of me. You understand what I'm saying? That kind of childishness, God said put that away. And see, you can get under the pressure and those things may go through your head, but that doesn't mean you hold on to them and go obey that kind of nonsense. Because you put that away. God, I put that away. I'm not going to walk in that anymore. I'm not going to use that as an excuse for not doing your will anymore. I am going to do your will, God. Amen. No matter what I meant it, what I said, I'm putting this away and I'm going on to maturity. I meant that. And I'm going to endure whatever I need to endure so that I can grow in you. You want to grow in God. You don't want to stay immature and unable to take care of your life forever. You want to grow in him. So as we mature in natural life, we're either ready for certain things or we're not ready for them. When you decide to get married, you have to put away certain things. You know, the roving eye. Amen. May I? Go ahead, please. That was kind of short. (laughs) I don't have much strength on the bowling ball, little Howard. All right, I'll take that. (laughs) But when you get ready to get married, there's certain things you put away. You put away looking. Oh. And I mean permanently. Till death do you part. Till you die. Problem with people is they they put it on the side somewhere. You understand what I'm saying? You know, it used to be the man had the little black book. Remember? With all the girls' names in it. And the wife went and tore it up like... <laughs> that boy in Psycho. <laughs>
1: That's
0: what you did to the little black book. Got rid of all them Girlfriends. You know, whenever you he would mention would dare to slip up and mention somebody's name, you rolled your eyes and say, "That old skank! I can't believe you went with her." and Me too. Huh? Your value sure have increased now that you with me. Huh? That's how you put them away, girl, and keep them put away. (laughs) But you put those things away. That's why they have a send off called the bachelor party. Huh? Where you officially take yourself off the market, put, put that stuff away, because you're now entering into maturity. There are going to be things required of you that you can't indulge in those other things. Well, it's the same thing with our life with God. There are certain things required of us as believers that we cannot indulge in. The childish things, the spiritual things, the fleshly things, the carnal things anymore. You can't indulge in those. So maturity tells God, I'll do whatever it is I need to do in order to get to the place that you are taking me. Maturity tro- totally trusts God and puts away these things that we indulge in sometimes that take us off, take us off the focus of the things of God. And so <clears throat> we are allowed then By God, to make decisions on an ongoing basis, but going back to immaturity and carnality can never be a part of that. Amen? God wants to feed us on the meat of the word and not milk all the time. You know what milk is? It's gimme, gimme, gimme. God, I need this. God, I need that. God, I need me, 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 I, I, I. At some point, you've got to understand that God had heard you the first time, and he's already set aside everything that you need for your personal self. Now what do I do, God? You go on to maturity now. You go on to the things that God wants you to do, like helping others. Being blessed, being a blessing to people investing in the gospel allowing god to use you to preach to people and to share with them and to pray with them giving yourself over to prayer giving yourself over to spiritual things more and more and more it's not just a one time i'm gonna uh fast once a year or do something once a year and then go back to my carnal life he got enough people doing that But what he wants is people that he can build a spiritual house on the inside of you that is rock solid so that anytime God needs something, he knows he can depend on you. Anytime he needs somebody to go into prayer for something, he can can depend on you. He can depend on you. You don't have to call your pastor all the time to pray for some or to report that so-and-so is sick or so-and-so needs prayer. You have a manual yourself. You can do the praying yourself. So when you put away childish things, you put away that need to always have somebody telling you and trying to build you up and make you confident in what you're trying. You learn how to hear from the Holy Spirit and get that reassurance and that confirmation on the inside of you of what God wants you to do. And so God wants to feed us on the meat of the word, not just the milk all the time. Turn to Hebrews chapter 5. Paul was frustrated many times trying to take his believers on to maturity. Because he knew there was so much else that God had in store for them. Hebrews chapter 5. We'll start in verse verse 7, I think. Hebrews 5. Yeah, we'll do 5, verse 5. It says, So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, But he said unto him, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. As he said also in another place, You are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Which means that Christ in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears, unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared... Though he were a son, yet he learned obedience by the things that he suffered, the things that he allowed to be happening to him. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all of them that obey him. And this is what God wants for us. He wants us to get involved in eternal things. The things that Jesus went through, he stripped himself of all of his royalty, all of his deity, all of his power, except what was given to him by the Father. Because you imagine uh, Jesus being the Son of God and the King of Glory, at one time just told angels to go and do this and to come and do that. He commanded Lucifer around, which is Satan, who he's now submitting himself to. Jesus let all of that go and had a tendency to sometimes maybe think about reaching for it. But he couldn't because he told the father, I'll do only what I, you tell me to do in this situation. And it's the same thing with us. When we put away childish things, we could do certain things ourselves and cause certain things to happen on our own power. But God tells us, no, I don't want you to do that. I want you to trust me through this and let that go. Let go of indulging yourself over and over and over again in the same things that don't get you anywhere. It's not getting you anywhere. And fall in line with my purpose for your life, which is a much higher purpose than you ever had in mind that you could ever do. I know the first time I prayed for somebody and God healed them, I thought that was, I said, I could do this all the time. I could do this forever. But, you know, I would never have gotten there if I didn't one day decide I was going to start praying for myself instead of standing in prayer lines all the time. And that was all I did. You understand? I never saw myself going farther than just being somebody who was needy and went there to receive. And then one day God said, now, listen. Look at what it says here in the 16th chapter of the book of Mark. He says, Believers, and that's you, will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Well, God, I've been so sick myself all this time. You mean you can use me to pray for somebody else and you'll heal them? Absolutely he will. And so when when you put away the childish thing of wanting to beg for help all the time and seeing yourself as so helpless and you can't do anything for anybody. You'll never want to do anything for anybody if you don't let go of that mentality of begging all the time. Look at Bartimaeus. He didn't get his eyes open until he put through off that beggar's robe and he started to move toward Jesus. Well, see, that robe was his childish thing. He hid under that robe and he begged for money under that robe and he was getting over on people, you know, under that robe. He probably had enough sense to take the money he had collected out of his little pot and hide it somewhere and put an empty cup up there every time. You understand what I'm saying? So these manipulative things that we do, these childish things, keep us away from maturity in God. You know, you can mature very, very quickly in God if you let some of this stuff go that you just cling to and hold on to. There are many things that God wants to do with his people these days. He wants to use all of us in miracles, signs, and wonders. And those of you who just think that's a, a crazy idea, he wants to use you the most. Because he'll always use the people that think they aren't ready for it. Amen? That's what he specializes in. So Jesus, by the things that he allowed himself to do, went from being the Son of God, In heaven, very secure in his life with God, and then he released all of that to the will of the Father. But what happened after he released it to the will of the Father is God highly exalted him and made him the author of eternal salvation for the whole world. So this is the vision that God has in mind for us. He wants us to be the authors of the supernatural power of God in the earth for the whole world. He doesn't want us just coming to church for to help get a bill paid or to see who's going to show us some attention today or who see who don't speak to us today or try to you know let you know we get something new, we got a promotion or we got a, a job. Everybody talks about, congratulates. Get beyond that. That is not what you're here for. That's not what you're here for. You're here to allow God to mold you and shape you. So that you can be perfected through his love. His love that you yield to. Instead of yielding to yourself and what self wants all the time. You yield to the love of God, you forget about yourself. huh? I can remember when I, was, when I got saved. I got saved because uh, somebody heard a testimony in the beauty shop. Huh? Can God do a miracle in the beauty shop? He sure can. Amen. He certainly can do that. And this girl would give her testimony all the time. And people kind of laughed at her and made fun of her. And I was sitting there snickering too. Huh? But the day that I needed God, I sure was thinking about that. Huh? I was thinking, what did that lady mean when she said she was saved? What does she mean by that? And I pulled that out of, the bottom of my head as best I could and tried to piece it together. And so God, but I was accustomed to being sick, being weak, not being able to uh, think very clearly, not trusting myself. And so when when God brought me through that and he began to show me, and, and he would use me when I would get around believers, he would use me in the gifts of the spirit. Just because I fed on the word all the time. I wasn't trying to be somebody. I wasn't trying to be. I didn't have enough sense to try. When I got around church people and saw the kind of shenanigans that go on. and with most of these people conning each other. And false prophesying to each other. And laying hands on sa Jumping up and down. I said, to him, oh my goodness. Is this what these people really do? I was doing better when I was phobic in my apartment just reading the word. Just me and God and the Holy Spirit. But you got to get out and do what God you got to go into all the world. You know what I mean? You can't stay in your closet all the rest of your life. And God would begin to use me in the word of knowledge. And people, I could see the looks on their faces. (laughs) You know, the first time it happened to me, I asked the the woman who was a teacher of the Bible study. I said, I don't even understand what just happened. she said, oh, God will explain it to you. You know, walked off a little off. I said, Oh, write that one down. You know. Your list of enemies of don't go to's gets longer than your list of go to's at a certain point. But I never thought of myself as gifted or, or certainly not being able to help anybody. I had I if you know how I lived the last five years it took me over a year to drive my car. And I was trying every day. Huh? You sit in there, you turn the key, you get too nervous, you go back in the house. Well, I'm going to try it tomorrow. It takes a long time to drive a car like that. So I didn't think of myself as somebody being able to help anybody. But I did put away childish things. When God told me to stop doing something, I stopped doing it. When I saw in the word and I got convicted about something, an attitude I'd had, i call somebody and apologize to him and tell them I'm sorry. I said, i I just been reading my Bible and God told me that I needed to make things right with people. And I'm calling you to tell you I'm sorry if I've done anything. You understand what I'm saying? Just simple obedience to God's word. And I got enough crap out of my heart and enough crap out of my mind to be able to hear the word of God and meditate on it and renew my mind. That just happened by desperation. I wasn't trying to be somebody. I was desperate for God. And that's what he wants out of all of us. That childish desperate desperation for him. And put away nonsense. Anything that doesn't help the cause, you put it away. And you tell God you don't need it anymore and you're not going to be bothered with it anymore. And so in Hebrews 5 14 it says that by putting away... His childish things, things that he was accustomed to in glory, being the king of glory, being the son of God, commanding angels, all of those things. Jesus put those things aside. Why? Did you think it was anything greater than being the king of glory sitting on his throne? Yeah, there was something even greater for him. And there's something even greater for me and for you. Sometimes we think that we, because we're saved and we got our bills paid, we got a decent job, we got a decent career, we've reached the pinnacle. You ain't even started yet. Because that's minimum stuff for God. Amen. Didn't Jesus say that? He said that's what the heathen think is important. That's not even important as far as that's taken care of already. But if you can move yourself to expand your vision of who you are in this world. To include something greater than yourself. Something that God can reveal to you. Then you'll be able to to walk in maturity the way God wants you to. And so it says, this was a learning experience for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He knew that he had all that he needed. And he knew that the Father had placed him in the earth. But he knew also that there was something greater coming for him. And he had to endure to get the greater. And that's why we walk in love. And that's why we put away childish things. We're enduring so that we can get the greater. Because there is something greater than your wife and your child or your husband and your kids and your little picket fence and your car and your, your notes that you got to pay. <laughs> you know, if nothing else, put away childish things so you can get away, rid of your notes. Amen. Amen. There's always something greater to go on to. Jesus learned obedience unto righteousness. So he was. there was a higher level of righteousness that even he had to attain to. And God was the author of it. He was the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. So he got a larger kingdom. He became a greater ruler. God gave him a name above every name. He had never had that before. And so as he was able to suffer things and allow things to happen that were required for his maturity, he moved on to greater things. So he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. We're all being trained in the ways of righteousness so that we can go forward in greater power in the earth. A mature person seeks to do what is right before God no matter what. That's what he's looking for. As Brother Spike Lee said, do the right thing. You gotta know what the right thing is before God in order to do it. This is the meat of God's Word. This is what the Apostle Paul is talking about in Hebrews. The meat of God's Word. What is meat? It's difficult to digest sometimes. For, you know, sometimes you, you, when your children are toddlers, they got about 15 different stages of food to put them on. Trying to get them to the place where they can master eating meat and eating on their own. Why do you need meat? Because that's where the most benefit is to your body. That's where the protein is. You can't live off milk for the rest of your life. Milk drinkers get very, very fat if they never have any protein to go along with it. And so you chew meat because it's it, it, for the difficulty that there is in digesting it, there's great benefit to your bodily functions in your bodily sustenance and makes you stronger and so as we endure things and we let go of the things that are familiar to us the things that we always look to because we need this and we need that when we let go of those things and allow god to develop our taste for strong meat you have to develop a taste for it then he can do more with us he can help us to endure these things some of the things that we're needing for our personal lives We don't get yet because we need to put away some things that we're holding on to for the just in case. You understand what I'm saying? We do that sometimes. We want to just have this just in case of emergency. If this don't come through with God, I still got this to go to and this to hold on to. Well, he wants us to get away all of our crutches and all of our things that we we indulge in that we shouldn't, that are not part of the love walk. When you walk in love, you walk in harmony with God. He begins to share with you the things that he has planned for your life, which are higher things. And that's how you de- develop your taste for strong meat. You start to cut your, your teeth on things that don't relate to your personal comfort. That don't fatten up your pocketbook. That don't make you prettier. That don't, you know, kind of glamorize you. These are things that may humble you to a degree. And if you can walk in that humility with God, in due season, he will elevate you and lift you up. You understand what I'm saying? It's not about being lifted up prematurely. You don't walk with God in humility and then wait and let you feel like you've done it long enough and now where's my reward, God? Where's my payoff? This is a lifestyle. This is something that you don't just pick up for a minute to see what God's going to do. God's going to be God. huh? No matter what you do. He is. He is not going to change. His rules are going to be the same. He's going to expect the same thing out of everybody. No matter what we do. And so he wants us to look at this as a lifestyle. This is something that we do regardless Many times the things that that he wants us to let go of aren't sinful things. They're not. It's just that we—it's our attitude toward them. We want them too much. We—they're too big of a focus. You know, they're so big in us, we God can't even get a word in. Forget what he looks like sometimes. Trying to overindulge in certain things. And and sometimes they do begin to be like toys because you just go back to them and play with them because they're there. You understand what I'm saying? You don't really enjoy that stuff that much anymore, but you're overindulging in it because you're scared to let it go and see what God might have for you. You might go many years and you see nothing. Huh? But you got to do it by faith. you got to believe God's got something for you. There's got to be a payoff here, God. For well, it's not going to be a payoff like you think. It'll be a payoff in etern- eternal things. huh? You know, I'm sure Jesus many times thought about giving his life and being crucified. Thinking about it and planning for it is very different than going through it. You understand what I'm saying? He got right up to the brink and he said, Father, if it's you know if we can do this a different way, you know, I'm gay. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, the wrath of the people and the anger of the people, who wants that imposed upon them? And so these are things that we have to as mature Christians we have to accept these things. Amen. So the childish things really are the things that are selfish, we said, self-centered. <laughs> And self-loving and self-serving. Anything that serves your flesh and serves yourself. Hmm? Sometimes people, you know, what you long for when you're, when you're unable to do things. Like certain, sometimes people are sick for a long period of time. And they envision themselves doing certain things when they're well. You know, what, what do you envision doing when this test or this trial is over? And so many times people plot their own demise by getting involved in things they shouldn't be involved in anymore once they regain their health you got to make up your mind to follow jesus you know the young man that when when he healed that lame boy and the lord and he followed the lord after that he didn't go back the way he used to go in fact jesus would tell many of the people that he healed he said go and sin no more or a worse thing will come upon you amen don't go back there anymore go this way And so God gives us instruction in righteousness and the way to go so that we don't have to suffer those same things over again. So usually when you get through a trial in God as a mature Christian, he blesses you with with a, a different spiritual attitude, a different spiritual fruit. He'll begin to show you what you're capable of as far as your spirit man is concerned. And he expects you to accept that new way of life. As just as precious as he does. And hold on to it. And see that's the thing that I'm afraid happens with many many Christians. They'll come through a trial. And when they get through the trial. All through it they've envisioned themselves doing one thing. And God envisions you doing something totally different. And so you've got to envision yourself doing what God told you that he was going to have you do. At all times. This is no time to say well I'm through that now let me go play. You understand what I'm saying? I'm done with that. Let me go tie one on now. There's no time for that kind of stuff. And so things that we, we indulge ourselves in, sometimes they're not sinful things, but they're things that he cannot use because he's got you going in a different direction. I remember when I the first prophecy I ever received uh, from a period. And I can remember thinking to myself, What am I doing sitting here? I didn't know anything about prophecy. I didn't it was just that I was I was in a women's group and everybody was excited about this speaker coming and they said, Oh, you wanna want you want Fran to pray for you now? She operates in the word of knowledge. You know, so I went and found in my Bible, you know, what the word of knowledge was. I said, Oh, that sounds good, you know, maybe that'll and, and so she began to tell me things that had just happened to me. In my life. And she said, God wants you to understand something. She said, He said He put you through these things to burn away some things that He could not use. And see, I was a brand new Christian. Nowadays, people are getting prophecies like, God's going to bless you and give you a wonderful house and a wonderful car. and These things make no sense to somebody who's still got a childish mind in God. You understand what I'm saying? God wants to mature us quickly, folks. There's no reason that we should still be waiting on another prophecy about we're going to get married this year. God's got somebody wonderful for us. Or, you know, God wants to bless us and all this yummy, yummy stuff all the time. After a while, that stuff will get into your flesh if you don't know how to to, uh, compartmentalize it and get into your spirit. And so the the first word I had was kind of like a hardball. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking of something. I said, God, you did this to me on purpose. But it made sense to me because he said for where I was going, he couldn't use the stuff. And I can tell you right now, I know he couldn't use it. But it's still a little hurtful sometimes when you hear it, but you get over it because it's God's truth. And so these words come to us to bless us and build us up, not keep us babies all the time. We gotta get over the baby stuff in the body of Christ, folks. We gotta get over the, you know, the big cars and the you know, I remember the days of the Word of Faith movement, everybody was in faith. They had pictures of jet airplanes on the refrigerator and Corvettes. On the refrigerator and all this kind of stuff. Never had their bills up there to balance that out with a price tag. Couldn't even believe God to pay bills. Now they got a Corvette sitting up there on the refrigerator to condemn them every time they look at it. But God wants us to put these things away. There are certain things that we indulge in he cannot use. He just can't use them. And we need to put them away as soon as possible. And I'll trust God. He's got something better for you. Now it may not show up right away. That's what trust is about. That's what faith is about. But in the meantime, he's developing greater character in us. Which is extremely important to God. Amen. He wants people of character. Not a bunch of characters running around claiming to know the Lord. When God tells, tells us to put away childish things, he wants us to be, uh, surround ourselves with righteousness. Yeah. We must have righteous, righteous associates, yeah. engage in righteous activities, yeah. and have righteousness in our hearts. Yeah. So strong meat really refers to spiritual truths that God wants to impart to us for the greater glory and for the building of his kingdom. He doesn't want us stuck in trying to figure out how to get more wealth in this present world. If it hasn't come to you yet, just thank God that it's on its way. But go on to greater maturity because there's much he wants to impart to us and show us how to do it. So we must be able and willing to put aside temporal desires. Many times we see the years creeping up on us. You know, you're still single and you're 20 People are in a panic. Well, don't panic yet. Wait till you get 30. and then 40 and 45 and 50. and I'm not going no higher. You know, these things cause us pain. sometimes we, we feel like we're a fish out of water. Nobody else our age is still believing God for this. You know, keep living, you're going to believe him for something else. Nobody else your age is believing him for. Us and so we can't panic when we see these happening and we have to go to god because you have to realize he knows where you are he knows your age every day even when you lie about it to other people like i do (laughs) he doesn't want to know how old are you i said are you crazy People think they know you. They see your little picture somewhere and want to get to know. Well, I just want to get to know a young lady like yourself. I said, I think I'll talk to you. <laughs> you know, you would talk to them because they call you young. You know what I'm saying? It's, they just do it to fluff you up. But you know what I'm saying. Things We look at our lives in terms of not what we, we've gained but what we don't have yet. And see, even that's a childish thing because that's a childish way of looking at life because God has so much more that he wants you to do that has nothing to do with your age. It has nothing to do with your marital status. It has nothing to do with your condition of anything other than the condition of your heart. And so he wants us not to spend our time dwelling on these things, and then let the devil pressure us into making a move that will wreck it for the rest of your life. There are people that have been believing God for ministries and and jumped up and married somebody that's been hell to them ever since. And they smile and go to church all the time, pretend everything's okay, and they're living in hell and don't want anybody to know it. And you can't focus on ministry. You can't focus on anything, you know, except murdering somebody most of the time. <laughs> Let me have that little Howard. <laughs> that was a soft one. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Childish things, when God, when we know we're under conviction to put them away, your mind will start lying to you about stuff. You know, there's some things you know you shouldn't indulge in, it, well, I'm going to do this anyway because God understands. and you find yourself talking like that to yourself you know that's sin see when you know you need to quit and you know you need to grow up and you continue doing it anyway he says you'll tell God I like this but but I'm going to put it aside see this is what you do you confess it to God God I, I know I should stop doing this because it consumes too much of my time I'm not getting where you want me to go I like it But I know I shouldn't indulge in it or I'm indulging too much in it. Or you look at your your debit card and where all your money is gone and you see what that is. And see, most of us, you look at it, well, that's your money. You can do what you want to do with it. But is that really true? Is that really what God is speaking to your heart? Because if you're looking at it, you must be convicted of it in some kind of way. I had a friend that that uh, worked in the same women's ministry that I was mentioning before. I talked I talked about, and uh, God used me to to help her and bless her with something. See again, I'm new. I don't know anything. I just if they knew where I'd been for the last five years, trying to learn how to drive my car <laughs> for a year, you know, because I was, it was too nervous to sit there and just get up and go. Like things that normal people just go and do. I couldn't do those things. I had to teach myself to do them over again. You understand? And so I said to myself, boy, if these people knew what I've been through, they wouldn't be, you know, accepting me. But see, the thing of it is, when God places you somewhere, people see you by the Spirit. They don't see your, everybody in there had a past. And everybody in there had done things that they weren't proud of or that won't, Didn't fit in their life that they had right now. But God. And so this woman, uh, God had me write a letter to her. It was on a little note card. And at that time I used to make note cards and I would pass them out to people a lot. But just little encouraging scriptures and stuff. That was the beginning of my ministry. Prophets ministry. To give words to people that came from the heart of God. And God gave me this message, I didn't call them prophecies then or words, I just called them messages. And uh it it kind of rhymed and it, it sounded real upbeat and it said that he had seen uh, her sacrifice and he was pleased and her reward was upon her. And so I gave it to her, we were having a board meeting, I gave it to her after the meeting I was getting ready to go and she opened it up right away and read it. And she looked at it, and tears started coming out of her eyes. And she said, sit down for a minute. And I, I sat down, and she said, you know, um, God showed me this. because uh, when And what the note was about was that she had an adult daughter who she wasn't very proud of. And this, she and this girl were like oil and water. I mean, when they were in the same room, you could feel the tension, and it wasn't good. But she knew that she had to help her daughter. And she knew that she loved her daughter and she was believing God for her daughter to have a good life. Well, this girl had two children out of wedlock with different guys, you know, both of them black and this girl's white. And it was an embarrassment, you know, just all the way down the line. But one thing this girl did, she loved children. And so periodically she would come to our fellowship meetings and all the kids flocked to her, so they asked her if she would go ahead and be in charge of the children's nursery for a big meeting that we were having. And so, of course, the mother's embarrassed. She's ashamed. It's hard for her. It's a sacrifice for her because this girl would go off the handle and tell her off and storm out and do any kind of thing. But she endured it because she saw how it encouraged her daughter in child care And the other women really liked the way she took care of their kids. She was great with children. You know, some people have gifts. They just get it twisted. The gift comes out in the flesh instead of waiting on God to manifest it in the spirit. So you got to get the wisdom of God to understand how to encourage the gift. You don't encourage the bad behavior, but there's a way to encourage the gift. And so she had gone through two meetings of just sitting on pins and needles waiting for her daughter to do something outrageous, and she never did. And so she was able to get through the meetings, and God bless what what the daughter was doing, and she was kind of relieved about it. But it was a stretch for her. It was really a stretch, and you knew it was a stretch. And she needed something. And so she told me, she said, you know what, she said, I appreciate this note she said because God did a couple things she said you know Lisa and I don't get along and it was I said I realized it was hard for you I said you know we all know that I said we appreciate you letting her do this for the mothers and she said but she said I love opera. She said, and many years ago, I told the Lord, she said, I'm going to give up spending money on the opera. I want to invest that money in the gospel. So she would subsidize missionaries, she and her husband would. And she told the Lord, she said, you know, if you just feel like blessing me with this every now and then, just bless me with it. And so she said, this morning somebody sent two opera tickets in the mail for me and my husband to go to the opera. And so God takes those things. I say that to say this. That opera, it wasn't a sin. It wasn't bad, but it was a childish thing for her. It was something she didn't need, but she liked it anyway, but she saw fit to put it down, let it go, and let God manage that part of her life. See, when we put away some of these things, they don't go away forever. If you let God manage that part of your life, you'll see him bless you in extraordinary ways in these things. And there will come at times in your life when you really need to know that god loves you you really need to know that god saw what you did you need to know that god knows it's hard for you you need to need to know that if you sweated it out thinking your daughter was going to call you a name and embarrass you in front of all of your religious friends you understand what i'm saying you need to know and that's why when he calls us to make these sacrifices like that that he honors that he's not making you drop toys just to see you miserable for the rest of your life he wants to bring the things back in a way that's more meaningful for us you know you sometimes you you I sit up in a watch I de- these things where uh the the um, uh who are those people um uh, the picker people you know they go through all kinds of junk looking for valuable stuff and they'll find toys the most valuable toys they find sometimes are the wind-up toys still in the box, which means that somebody's child valued the toy. Can you think of all the broken ones they ever sold and the ones that they they'd never find a box and it's all tore up and these survive and they're intact in a box? And it always amazes me, I said, what could a child that that was given to have been thinking to not play with the toy, keep it in the box, and then many years ago that sacrifice has greater value for somebody who saved it and now all of a sudden comes for it. Some of those toys are more valuable than than some of the games that they're, computer games they're making now. You'll find these little wind-up toys from the 30s and the 40s where kids were desperate for a toy. There weren't what many of them made because the, the nation was in poverty. And then all of a sudden that thing shows up and it has great value. Why? Because the person who had it at that time saw it not as a toy. They saw it as something of great value. And that's what we need to see, the, the value in the things that God has us to release to him. This isn't something God is taking from me to break my heart and tell me I could never have anything. Huh? Amen. See, whether it's a toy to you or not has nothing to do with the way God values it. Sometimes these things are extremely valuable and we don't value them. We, look, we diminish their value because of the way we treat it. You know, to Donald Trump, one airplane is, is a toy to him because he can afford so many of them. But to a missionary who's trying to get from one island to another to preach the gospel, that thing is highly valuable to them. You understand what I'm saying? And so these things that God asks us to set aside so that we can mature and we can grow, he sees value in them. He's not trying to hurt our lives and cause us not to be happy and strip us of everything and we can't have no fun anymore. He wants you to have the kind of fun that he has. He has fun when he sees souls saved. He has fun when he sees the sick walk in the lake. And we can't get to that point of laying hands on the sick if we're spending most of our time running around trying to find a way to spend some more money, create another bill. Amen. You know, try to figure out, you know, is, is, you know, someday my prince will come and, you know, spend hours and hours trying to figure out who that's going to be and all of that. He'll show up when he shows up. You know, you keep praying, he'll get there. You quit praying, he won't get there. And so when we, when we see ourselves the way God sees us as being people of high value, we'll understand how to let go of certain things that occupy our time. And occupy our attention. And occupy everything. You know, I have to watch myself on Facebook because I'm trying to see how many likes I can get in 24 hours. You understand what I'm saying? I got it on the timer and everything. So I'll check in. Oh. Then I'll see somebody else on there and say, They like that. They got two hundred likes and I ain't even got forty. You know, I need to put away the childish things. You understand what I'm saying? And let God have that. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna be used by God, I have to let the results come from him and not from me watching everything all the time to get I'm just giving y'all some examples. I know sometimes they seem a little silly, but these are ways that you can conserve your spiritual your spiritual, uh, what do they call Capital. You've got, God's got capital invested in you. Amen. The person who's still a child will say things like, everybody sins now and then. Hmm. As a mature Christian, you should, your prayer should be, Lord, please keep me from evil. Huh? And keep evil people away from me. And if, if yes. I get evil when I get around them, just separate us. You understand what I'm saying? Just keep me in a place where I... <laughs> uh, the child, you know, when God tells you to make things right with somebody, why do I always have to be the one to say I'm sorry first? That's childish. You know, you need to look for people to make peace with. You need to look for people to make things right with. You need to scout out opportunities. To win people over. Because that, that's the soul that could come into the kingdom if you work it right. You understand what I'm saying? If you know how to get mature in God. Amen. Man. We need to be glad to have the opportunity to repent and win somebody over to God's kingdom. Amen. You need to be able to understand the power of forgiveness. And how what a privilege it is to be forgiven of your sins and be able to minister that forgiveness onto somebody else. These are the ways of the mature person. They are the ways of righteousness. And it takes courage and strength to put away certain things and allow God to bring you into a seriousness about your walk with God. You know, we all want to have joy and rejoicing and, and, you know, have a good time all the time. But sometimes it's time to get serious with God and allow him to show you what his heart is, what what he desires. We're here to please God as well as please ourselves. That's something we don't hear a lot in pulpits. We're always hearing things about, you know, God is going to bless you and how to get blessed and We don't even know what a blessing is sometimes. Because if you did, you know that you're blessed already. The blessing is already on you. You know, you can command anything with the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart. So you're not waiting on anything. God's really waiting on you to put it all together so that you can start walking in what he's ordained for you. So you're not waiting on a breakthrough. You are the breakthrough. You're your own breakthrough. Amen? Some things we do have to wait on because God wants us to mature before He brings certain things into our lives. You know, he wants us to be in that place where we can enjoy it, we can appreciate it, it will last. You know, there's such thing as as uh, stewardship over everything that God gives us. You know, you you got to be mature and responsible. You know, most of my married life, my younger years were spent trying to figure out how to make him do something you know i mean that's what married people do they look at that person instead of a blessing if you're carnal you're immature that person's a problem you understand what i'm saying that's the reason i can't do this and that because he always saying so and so you know what i'm saying and so but but then later on after i got saved i realized that god had had preserved my marriage And given me a husband so that I could bless him. You got me? Not so he could bless me, so that, but don't get it wrong girls,
1: okay? <laughs> <laughs> i tear
0: this too far. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> but I learned how the blessing worked. Amen. Amen. You're blessed. To be a blessing, when you bless someone else, that blessing increases and comes back to you in your life. So you don't have to worry about being shortchanged in a relationship or a marriage. You understand what I'm saying? I got my change up
1: front. No.
0: But anyway, you know what I'm saying. And I realized that my husband was to be a blessing to me. You understand what I'm saying? Many times God slapped my little hands trying to get it too fast, but that didn't stop me from trying. <laughs> no, but, you know,
1: <laughs>
0: I was a slow learner. I had uh, LDD where it comes to wifery blessings. But anyway, um, you know, well I didn't work, so God tied my hands, except when I wiggled the nose. No, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It makes you use your faith more. Well, you could see dollars coming out of his pocket going into yours. Use your faith. Use your faith. But you know what I'm saying. You, you, you understand what you're here for. You're, you're here to be a blessing to that person. When you marry somebody, you have vowed to bless their life, not hinder their life. And it doesn't depend on whether they bless you. You live up to your vow. Amen. This is why many times God has you waiting. Amen. Because you won't put away your wants. Yes, right. You know, put away childish things, you know. Yes. If a brother come up in here, he got to be doing, selling. how much time I got, sweetie? Four? Yes. Ha ah, got to shorten it. But you know what I'm saying. We have all these demands on who wants to get involved with somebody who's demanding. God wouldn't do that to somebody. So he wants you to put away your whole list of childish things. Amen. So that he can take that aside. Look at it. Tear it up. (laughs) No, he won't do that. He'll bless you. He understands the things that you want. But we're not as desperate for them as we think we are. You can wait for some things. You can endure some things. Well, Lord, I'm not married yet, and I'm almost too old. I don't care what you're too old to do. Right. You understand what I'm saying? If it's not the right time that it's going to fit in your life and be a blessing, then you're going to have to wait for God to mature you to the place where you can be a blessing. <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, people always want to, well, you know, um, you can't spoil nobody. Honey, my husband was far from spoiled. You can ask him. You know, he was not spoiled. He was cared for. I didn't have time to spoil him spoiling y'all you understand what I'm saying when you got work to do you got to spread it out but he was cared for as far as what God wanted him to do and I had just enough time to work with him so that he could get saved before he died and this is the other thing that people don't want the responsibility of they don't want the responsibility of somebody else's soul you understand what I'm saying? Because there were many times when we would have arguments that fall out and I want to leave. You understand what I'm saying? But you don't leave because that's a childish thing. You put that stuff away. You understand me? You quit playing with that thought of walking out on somebody and you call yourself a Christian. And you don't know eternity, how soon eternity is going to claim that person. So we put away childish things for that reason. For the sake of somebody's soul being saved. Somebody living in peace and harmony in their latter years. Not being put in a hospice somewhere. You know, all this distant kind of relationship. You know, you see this is a tragedy. You see men have a, a family, 20 years married, wife and children, estranged and go live with some skank. And he gets sick with cancer, he's in a hospice. And she won't let him talk to his family. You see what I'm saying? People who could care for him, would forgive and love him, and care for him in his latter days. You don't want that on your record. You understand You don't want that. As a child of God, you don't want that on your record. You want things that are going to build and edify people. We have people's eternal fate resting in our hands sometimes and don't know how to appreciate. We're running around talking about what we ain't going to put up with. Huh? God wants us to add to our faith. 2nd Peter 1. 2nd Peter 1. It's not just faith that's going to take us through this life. But God wants people of strength and virtue. 2nd Peter 1 chapter 5. And he says, beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Your virtue is strength, not whining. Being able to stand. And when God tells you to do something, stand and be faithful in it. To virtue. Virtue is strength. Being strong in the Lord, depending upon him. To virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, temperance. You've got to have self-control with what you know. To patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly love and kindness. He says if you do all these things, you'll be abounding in the grace of God. And you'll abound in the power and the knowledge of God. And you won't be barren in anything. In other words, all your little prayers will be answered. All your little toys that you gave away will be returned to you in good order, amen, in a way that you can appreciate your life, you can glorify God, you can live long on this earth and enjoy all the long years that the Lord gives you. But you've got to add more to your confession of faith than you want to. You have to add something to that. And God adds that by helping you to walk in love so that your strength grows, your determination to serve God grows. You can put away things that don't lift up and don't edify. And you won't miss them. Because God gives you things in return that will more than make up for what it is you think you've missed. You're not missing anything, child of God. You're in a good spot because God is yet to reveal everything that he has waiting for his people who will obey him. Amen? Alright, why don't we quit? Father, we thank you for allowing us the opportunity. To come into your throne room of grace, we'll find mercy, and we find grace to help us in our time of need, and it's so wonderful, Lord. Father, we want to move on. We want we want to cut our teeth on the strong meat of your maturity, because that's what you have for us, Lord. We're not afraid of that, and we're not afraid of anything that you might require of us, because you give us the ability to endure, In fact, you give us the ability to confidently come through the necessary trials that we need to come through so that we can be a glory to you and an honor to you. So we thank you, Lord, for honor and glory that comes with our desire to serve you and our desire to obey you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Come on up. If somebody needs prayer, you can come on up and get your prayer.